Hey, hey everybody. So my guest today is Peter. He is the CEO of Databox, software that pulls all of your data into one place so you can track performance and discover insights in real time. In this episode, we'll talk about the founding story of Databox, how they're working remotely, and how they grew to an amazing ARR of over $4 million. So Peter, are you ready to take us to the top? I am, I am. All right. So first off, can you tell us a bit more about Databox? How would you describe it? Yeah, so uh, the problem we solve is that um, most organizations are using a boatload of software. Uh, even small businesses are using, I think there's a stat out there, like 12 pieces of software just to do their marketing. And that doesn't even count sales and customer success or service and finance and all the other things you got to do to run a business. And so what we do is, is help executives, managers, and even um, you know frontline employees uh, pay attention to performance. Uh, so, you know, it becomes really important if you're running a business to be able to pay attention to performance across that whole business. Uh, but it's also really important for people that are doing the work to pay attention to performance, compare their performance to the goals that have been set. Um, and so we're all about getting a company's all their performance data into one spot, uh, allowing them to visualize it, how it makes sense to them, uh, set goals against it, um, be, monitor it on any device, uh, TVs in the office, desktops, of course, uh, mobile, in Slack. Um, also receive alerts when things don't look right uh, or if goals are not going to be hit. Uh, and, uh, and overall, by paying attention to that data, being able to optimize both performance on a daily basis uh, and also analyze to find opportunities for improvement you know, on a periodic basis. Uh, so that's what, we, that's what we focus on. Wow, sounds like very useful software to many businesses. So how are you making money? What is the business model here? Uh, yeah, we're so we're straight up SaaS business, software as a service business. So we're charging uh, a monthly or a quarterly or annually fee, depending on how our customers choose to pay us. Um, and uh, yeah, so we're a subscription model. Uh, prices start uh, around $59 a month. Uh, we have some customers paying us you know, low thousands of dollars a month. Uh, as well, so it's it's pretty wide, um, but you know more on that lower end uh, of the scale on average. Uh, and so, yeah, SaaS business, we we do make a little bit of money on uh, on helping users implement the product if they want our one on one guidance. But we also give a lot away, a lot of uh, help away for free as well. So it's not something I'm trying to necessarily monetize; just really cover costs when somebody wants you know extraordinary or higher level service. Great. Now, back to you. You are the current CEO, but are you also the founder? No, I'm not a founder, actually. I joined the company a few years in. Um, they had uh, The founders uh, are still in the business. Uh, they uh, are all from Slovenia. Uh, they flew over here, um, to, long story short, to join an incubator. Ended up joining the Techstars Boston incubator. Ended up building the product, getting a handful of very large enterprise companies, uh, customers, early on in the first year, um, ra then went and raised a very large amount of, round of money, uh, for, back, for back then, I should say, a very large round of, uh, seed round. Um, and, uh, and then as they grew the team, just uh, the product market fit that they had originally found didn't scale. Uh, and so they rebooted uh, away from enterprise, um, and it was a mobile analytics um, solution. Uh, more towards a small business solution, started building integrations with popular software companies like Google, there's software packages like Google Analytics and HubSpot and 
Facebook and uh, Facebook ads and uh, all these systems and then started selling more towards marketers uh, in the SMB small business realm, uh, specifically also with a focus on marketing agencies. But but um, no, I was not a founder. So I joined as CEO. I previously um, worked at HubSpot. I was there for nine years. I started as uh, employee 15 um, and uh, grew the channel mo- sales model out there, which is responsible for about uh, 40% of HubSpot's revenue. Um, and then uh, as HubSpot got big, um, great company, um, but I uh, wanted to, to do the small thing again and so and wanted to run something myself this time. Uh, and so I ended up um, meeting up through their investor, the Databox investor. I met up with one of the founders and we hit it off. And six months later, I joined as a CEO to help them uh, you know, start scaling the organization and the business. Wow, that's cool. Thanks for sharing the founding story as well. And yeah. Is your team mainly based in Slovenia? Can you tell us a bit more about the team behind Databox? Yeah, so so we, as of today, or as of April 1st, I guess, we have uh, 72 members of the team now. Um, we are, uh, there are four of us here in the U.S., uh, and then the rest are in different countries with a heavy, uh, heavy presence in Slovenia and Serbia. Uh, we have a handful of other people in different places, but that's the majority of the team there, yeah. So on a more personal note here, as the CEO, what is your most valuable lesson up to this point? Well, lots of them. Uh, <laughs> I, like to, I like to say that, uh, so I had a startup that I ran before I joined HubSpot and I did everything wrong there. So I have like a million lessons from that one. Uh, and then at HubSpot, it, we did things wrong, but a lot, of, a lot of things we did right. So I, I saw the opposite playbook there. I'd like to think that I learned a lot there and we've been able to apply it and avoid a lot of, a lot of uh, painful lessons um i probably would say that the the biggest uh, you know challenge we've had i don't like to say failure because we're doing just fine is we we embarked on a, a re-architecture of the platform last year and it um we didn't estimate the complexity or this the length of the project very well so it's taken us a lot longer and it's been a little painful as we've rolled out pieces of it um I don't know that we could have done uh, a lot better with it without even stretching the project out even further. Um, but, uh, but I think that was, that was a challenge and we've, we've since implemented it to the founder has since implemented a lot of improvements in order to avoid something like that again. But that was probably the biggest challenge. I think in every SaaS company, you get to a point where you can't do the things you want to build, or you can't do, you can't build the things your customers are asking you for. And you have to, rethink either the technology you're using how you've architected the product um and yeah it's never an easy decision to make to do that um and it's always always doesn't go to plan it seems in my experience um but it always works out in the end we had this a similar thing at hubspot was a very painful re-architecture um you know when this is when we were probably doing 100 million in revenue um, when we, we re-rolled out stuff that just didn't work for customers. And so I think that's the most painful thing that you can do at a SaaS company is when the product doesn't work. Because really the, the, you know, the, the product is what, mark, you know, oftentimes the product is the key to marketing, the product is the key to sales. Product isn't just the product that uh, you give after someone's convinced to buy. It's often the thing that they experience first, especially in a freemium model. So, so that was probably the hardest, hardest thing we've learned so far. That's awesome, and I can relate to that. What is the main challenge when getting new customers to the product for you and your team right now? 
Uh, uh, so our our main challenge is not so much like the lead or getting the sign up. There's there's a market for us. We get about five thousand signups a month for the product. Um, all that's driven through content marketing. So very low marketing cost of customer acquisition. Um, but the bigger challenge is that um, is getting those users set up initially. Uh, what we're selling is a custom, at the end of the day, it's a customizable solution, uh, meaning that uh, they come in and they're going to have different data or metrics that they're going to want to track. They're going to want to track them differently than other companies might want to track them. Uh, and our tool enables that. Um, and it's well, we're rated as the easiest to set up tool out there. But there's still just a, a knowledge gap between what the user might want and what they can communicate to us what they want or a gap between them knowing what they want and knowing how to get that out of our product. And so the biggest challenge we have is just um, connecting with those newer users, figuring out what they need to track in, and speaking the same language, uh, and then building that for them or showing them how to do that. Um, that's the biggest challenge. And so we've actually just doubled our support team. Um, we made 25 hires this, this quarter um all in sales and support all starting in support uh to learn the product and uh and we're focused in on that problem of how do we how do we identify what a user needs as efficiently as possible and give it to them as efficiently as possible makes sense so at what stage is databox right now in terms of revenue and how much time did it take to get to this point yeah um so we're four we're just under 4.2 million arr at this point uh uh 2200 customers um, it took us, uh, I'd say, so when I joined, which was, uh, at the beginning of 17, 2017, um, there was just a, maybe there was d low double digit customers. So in low, uh, maybe like 50,000 in annual revenue. So it's you know, pretty close to, to zero. Um, th as I said, the, the, the company pivoted at that point, right before I joined, um, and uh, and so it was really starting at scratch. So I guess four years it took us is the is the short version. Wow, great numbers and growth. Love it, Peter. Great job. Now let's wrap this up with a lightning round of six questions to inspire others. Now before we dive into today's lightning round, let's hear a quick word from a sponsor. Did you know that you could use one single software to get a consolidated cash flow from different sources? Cinder can sync all the necessary payment details like tax, discounts, locations, including multi-currency transactions. Just connect your payment providers and enjoy automated synchronization and bank reconciliation in one click. With Cinder, you can also get full and detailed sales information for your financial reports to have a daily overview of your business results. To book a free demo and start a free trial, head over to cinder.com. That's S-Y-N-D-E-R.com. Now let's go back to the interview. If you would start a SaaS today or join one as a CEO, what would be the first action to take? Well, I, I find the simplest product that people will pay for. <laughs> I, in every one of my three SaaS businesses that I've either started or joined early, um, they were complex products. And when I look at some of the other businesses that I have grown a lot faster, I think they all have a common theme of like they built something that provided quick value. Um, it wasn't, wasn't intense from an engineering perspective. Um, and that enabled them to scale their, uh, their customer acquisition a lot, uh, a lot faster. So I think 
uh, if I could do it all over again, I'd pick something that was simple. <laughs> of course, it's less defensible, and then you ultimately need to develop a, a more complex or product or find other ways to differentiate. But um, but I would start simple. <laughs> I can see your point here. What are some of your favorite software that you can live without in running daily operations of Databox? Um, can I say upvoting? Is that all right? Without like coming off as a kiss, kiss butt? Yeah, of course. Go ahead. Awesome. <laughs> We use a lot of tools, uh, and there's a bunch. Of those, so I'll give you a few just to, to get a handful. But I'd like I would like to talk about how Buddy has helped us because um, it, it, it is something I do talk about frequently. Um, but yeah, we use Intercom for chat. We use HubSpot for tickets. We use HubSpot uh, for CRM deal tracking, uh, email campaigns. Um, what else are we What else are we using? Uh, you know, Mixpanel for product anal analytics. Obviously, we use our own product. Uh, to pull data together from all those tools. We use Google Analytics heavily, um, Search Console, SEMrush. So we're using a lot of different tools. We just started using Upvote, I think maybe two or three quarters ago. Uh, it was an initiative that uh, we had wanted to do for a year and a half, but we our fear was that there would be, like, we, we knew what we needed to work on in product for like a year, uh, and we wouldn't be able to respond really to many of the requests. Uh, so we finally did it, and it's really made it's done a few things the first thing it did was made our support team significantly more efficient um we used to actually take um tickets where people would request stuff and then load it into our project management system and then try to have our support team log whenever somebody else requested that so we were doing like a voting but manually and um, obviously it was inefficient but it was also not uh, as effective right because there was a lot of potential for people to not follow that process or not even know that there was a uh, request or if we got busy, we wouldn't log the request. So having upvote is huge there. Um, it's also um, allowed us to um, see very quickly what users really care about most. Um, so there was always like 20 things we thought users would care about, um, but seeing the ones that they care about most has really helped us prioritize the ones with the biggest impact. And then I'd also say it allows us to validate our own ideas. So putting ideas out there, um, writing our own entries into into Upvote and, and then sharing that with users that we think might find it interesting and asking from their perspective. It's a very lightweight way to kind of do some idea or product validation. Um, and, uh, and so it's been a game changer for us. And I, I, we're, as we're coming out of this re-architecture that I mentioned earlier, I think it'll be um, even more impactful for us to, to use it that way. Wow, that's great. It's always good to hear that we solve some of the problems we tend to solve. So that's great. What about apps? What's your favorite app on your phone? On my phone, uh, I'm, I'm somewhat addicted to Twitter, unfortunately. So, pro I, like, if if you checked my uh, my usage, I'm sure Twitter is right up there. Yeah, I'll, I'll use Slack, um, and I, I like Pocket Cast. I listen to a lot of Pocket Cast. Trying to get more exercise here, uh, so always taking the dogs for a walk or whatever, and uh, and so I'm listening to podcasts through Pocket Cast. And what is your favorite book that you would recommend to people that are starting in SaaS? I think um, uh, Traction is probably the one that I would push. Uh, Traction by Gina Wickman. Uh, he's the founder of um, Entrepreneurial Operating System. Um, I think, you know, SaaS businesses are, if you can get it right, if you get the formula right, you got to get a lot of things right. It's, I think they're one of the most easiest businesses to run. Um, and have so much opportunity. Like there's so many different ways you could innovate, so many different ways you could scale. Um, and I think without a, a planning process around 
how you do that and how you make those decisions uh, and, and how you communicate those decisions. And then how do you keep your team on track? Like, I think if you do that, you get lost. If you don't do that, you'll get lost. So I, I highly recommend that. Um, you know, we, we also have a, um, a course, a free course that we created called predictable performance that uh, complements that as well uh, for, for companies that really want to be data driven. Great recommendation. And I will link to the course in the show notes as well. What SaaS brand do you admire the most? Oh, um, you know, I spent nine years at HubSpot, so I, ha I have to start with them. I, I, you know, Brian and Darmesh, I didn't always agree with every decision they made, um, but every decision they made seemed to work out quite well. And of course, all the decisions collectively uh, have created a, an amazing company. Um, I, you know, Brian Halligan likes to say they're still just getting started. Uh, and I, I believe them and looking at the strategy and how ambitious it is, I, I I think uh, I think they are just getting started, so I'm I'm long on HubSpot, and I think they did an amazing job. And we've you know we've we've copied some of the things that I learned at HubSpot around building brand through content and community. Um, so uh, I think uh, I think that's probably the, the number one I'd say. Well, great, Peter. Thanks for your time today and sharing your story with us. To conclude this interview, where can we learn more about you and DataBox? Uh, so DataBox.com just like it sounds. Um, and uh, I'm on Twitter, PC4Media, uh, PC, the number four media, um, short for Peter Kapoor the fourth. Uh, that's, and I'm on LinkedIn as well. So if somebody wants to reach out there.